Welcome back to The Graham Stephan Show. My name is Graham and welcome to my show and I just owe everyone a very sincere apology this time around because I realize millennial money was posted like five, six days ago and, and it never takes me this long to watch millennial money. Usually it gets posted at nine o'clock in the morning. I spring out of bed. I am wide awake. I run to my computer. I turn on the camera. I watch millennial money because that makes my day. This time was different. Uh, this time I was actually traveling with uh, my good friend, Meet Kevin, over to Washington, D.C. to speak at FinCon. And sure enough, the day I show up to Washington, D.C., CNBC decides this is the day we're going to post millennial money. And I am not there to react to it. So I just got back uh, the other night, and now is my chance to catch up on all the millennial money that I made, which is one episode. I'm, I'm missing out on one episode. So anyway, we're going to watch millennial money. I'm, I'm, I'm on YouTube right now. We're going to type in millennial money, my favorite words to ever type in the computer. And this is what we got. We got this video living on 110K a year in Tampa, Florida. Wait for it. Millennial money. Oh, here we go. I am excited, guys. I am excited. And this one seems to have done some pretty decent views. We got 60K views four days ago. So I, I don't know if that makes it good or bad. You know what I always look at? I always look at the like to dislike ratio. And if it has a big dislike ratio, I know it's going to be a great video. If it does not have a high dislike ratio, I kind of know it's, they're probably not messing up. So let's see. Let's see what's going on here. We got a very good like-to-dislike ratio, only 37 dislikes. So I have a feeling CNBC is changing it. I, I have a feeling, like I said, my, my conspiracy here is that they're picking good people that I'm not going to really get upset at. So let's see if I'm right in what this guy is up to. I love that. Already, I have to say, 33 years old, making $110,000 a year as a pilot. Way to go! And also being in Florida, we got a no-income tax state. We got we got another one. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here in California paying like, third, I don't know how much, 11%, 13% in, in state income tax. It's, it's ridiculous. Makes me want to move to Florida, but I don't like humidity. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of screwed either way. As a pilot, I would say I would prefer to have more time than money. As an individual, as a couple, uh, there's only so much money you would need to have a comfortable life. So I believe it's finding the good balance. I absolutely love it. Now, some people, yeah, they're, they're all about the money and this and that. He's making a decent income. He, I'm sure he's able to save away a significant portion of that. He values his time. He has his priorities right. So far, I can't say a single, not one negative thing about this guy, except that I don't like humidity in Florida. That's it. That's if I had any complaint. But, but this guy can't control the weather in Florida. Let, let's be real. Let's be honest. He's not controlling the humidity. That's not his fault. That, that's a geographical problem. That, that's not his problem. We like to do a lot of cooking ourselves. We spend a lot of money cook, uh, on groceries, $500 a month on groceries. So salsa classes would be about $50 a month. Oh, okay, let's see this. Let's get to what I'm good at. Food. $800 a month for food for him and his fiance. Is this guy shopping at like Whole Foods and Erewhon for lobster and steak? Like, how, how do you spend $800 a month on, on food? But you know what? Here's the thing. If, if this guy loves food and he loves the experience of eating and, you know, with his fiance and this, you know, he makes enough money where that's not going to be that big of a deal, especially coming from his philosophy of valuing time and experiences over money. If, if that's his thing, great. $750 a month on rent. How do you do that? 
How do you do $750 a month on rent? Unless it's split between him and his fiance and it's really $1,500, which would be, that. then that would make sense. But regard, your portion, $750 a month on rent is really good. But it does make me kind of think though that if rent is $750 for his portion, why are they including him and his fiance for food at $800 a month on that, you know, instead of 400, which would be his part. I don't know how that works. Anyway, transportation, 650 a month. Um, we'll have to keep watching to see if, if that's a good one or not. Voluntary parental support, $500 a month. Okay, fine. Insurance, 430 a month. Yeah, I guess that's about right, 430 a month for all of that. I don't see any issue with that. 350 student loans, eh, fine. Then we got the MISC one, $295 infinity. Uh, that's Amazon Prime Student Entertainment Laundry. Laundry. We got to get those off-peak electrical hours to get that laundry. Uh, anyway, utilities and Wi-Fi, $130. That's fine. Phone, $20 a month. That's, that's really good. That is really good. Phone for him and his fiance, $20. Jeez. Good for him. That, that, I wish my phone was, was $20 a month. this is really great. $1,000 a month in savings. I, I just hope that savings is in an ally bank account or Wealthfront or some high interest savings account, not in like a, like the Bank of America checking or whatever. Uh, 401k, $1,148. That's really good. Roth IRA, $479. Investments, $100. No complaints. No complaints thus far. All of this is really good. Like I can't really knock him saving almost like $3,000 a month. I think that's, that's fantastic. I do invest in gold. Uh, so I did buy uh, some gold bars. Not a huge fan. I just, I don't get gold as an investment. I, I know a lot of people are out there that you get these doomsday people that are like, the world is going to end and we need gold. It's going to be the only currency when the entire monetary system is completely disintegrated. And I'm like, Come on, guy. Like, gold, first of all, the transaction cost for buying physical gold is ridiculous. The overhead cost of then storing your gold is ridiculous. If you want to keep it safe or insure, it's, it's basically like, like keeping cash, except it, it, it's so stupid. But anyway, not only that, but gold doesn't produce anything. It also doesn't provide a dividend, and you're basically, basically, if you look back like 50 years, it's for the most part just kept up with inflation. And you have a lot of people that point to specific periods in time, and they're like, well, if you bought in 2007 and you sold in 2011, you would have made X amount of money and that outperformed this and that. But if you look at the average over 50, 60, 70 years, gold has been a terrible performer in the long term. I'm not saying in the short term you can't time your investments perfectly, but you could say that about pretty much any investment out there. I'm just not a huge fan of gold. I think if you want to invest in precious metals and that's a small percentage of your portfolio and you like it, maybe I could just be like, okay, I'll let that one slide. But for anyone thinking that gold is just like a great invest, I just... I don't see it. You got to think too, by the time gold goes up in price, like that's the time to sell it because that means that everything else is now cheap. You know, that, that's just the way I see it. But I see this guy as a watch collection. Let's see his watches. I got into watches because of my colleagues at, in Taiwan. Uh, they love watches. I learned about watches. So I spent some money on watches, uh, especially from a brand called Ro Rolex. Oh, Rolex. I haven't heard of Rolex before. We should look into Rolex. So I bought a watch. It's called a Daytona. 
I gotta say, I absolutely love the Rolex Daytona. In fact, the original Rolex Daytona used the movement of this Zenith El Primero in, I believe it was the early 90s in their Rolex Daytona. I love this watch. And this one in particular, I don't know why the two-tone Rolex Daytona, just there, there doesn't seem to be much demand on that. Everyone either wants the stainless steel, the rose gold, or the gold with the green dial. For some reason, the two-tone Rolexes have just never really caught on lately. I think it's maybe more of just like an old school design or it's maybe not as like modern to go two-tone. I don't get it, but anyway, the two-tone Daytona, you know, I, I love the Daytona. And I have another watch that I'm currently wearing. It's the BLNR. That's another great watch. It's also known as the Batman when you have the blue and the black. And great watch. My only concern is with Rolexes have seen such a huge price increase lately. And I personally believe, and maybe I might get some, some hate on this, I believe that we're in a bit of a Rolex bubble because I like some of the prices that you get right now in Rolexes and people paying way over MSRP to get these certain watches. It's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't know who's same, same with the uh, Patek Philippe, the Nautilus. Like why, why is this watch going for so much money? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. So I actually have to do some talking over this so I don't get copyright striked by CNBC. Not to say that they would do that, but they're playing some very distinct music in the background here that I would just feel uncomfortable with using. Anyway, this guy's got an amazing kind of rags to riches story. It's really inspirational, really cool music in the background that I just have to talk over. So again, I don't get copyright striked and uh, that is it. Thank you. I don't know what's going on here, but this is not the millennial money that I know because I have just nothing negative to say about this. I have nothing. I mean, if anything, I think he's the perfect example of the American dream of being able to come to America and now make over $110,000 a year, which I, again, this, why, why can't CNBC just get more bad people on the show? I mean, this is just, it's good. It's too good. That's my complaint. This, this video is too good. Once you become a captain, uh, your salary will almost double. You can expect to make at least 200000 to $250,000 a year. I had no idea that they could make that much money. I've heard stories about pilots being like underpaid or making like 30, 40 grand a year and being overworked and flying tight. I had no clue that they're making like 200 plus grand a year. That That's really cool. Another thing we try to do with our lifestyle is to live a life of debt free. So that's something I'm learning with from my fiance. So I'm not planning to take any more loans and pay off all my debts, pay off my motorcycle, pay off my student debt as soon as possible. I like that. You know, I'm all for paying off loans that don't make you money. His student loans will be, I guess you could kind of argue student loans make you money, but not really. The loan itself is not making him any money, paid off. The motorcycle payment is not making him any money, paid off. I think the only loans that are acceptable to get, you get a mortgage, I think that's fine. And any other low interest rate loan where it makes sense not to pay it off and just invest the difference instead. Other than that, I am all for the entire like Dave Ramsey approach. Like, to, you know, don't put excess money on credit cards. Don't go and like buy stupid stuff. Don't buy things you can't afford. Pay off your loans. And so, except rental property and, and any low interest rate loans. Those are the only loans that I am all for that I think load up on low interest rate mortgages now while you still can. Like, that's what I'm doing. Let's get in debt. Let's get in good mortgage debt. That's what I love. So last month I took a trip to visit my parents in uh, Nepal. So I went to India, flew out of New York direct to New Delhi and came back um, three, four days later. 
and I spend zero dollars for that. Who needs credit card points when all you need to do is just be a pilot and then you fly for free? That is awesome. I mean, I fly for free too with credit card points, which is that that's fun. But you know, not a I can't fly anywhere for free as much as I want. You gotta gotta be strategic with credit card points. But this guy, this guy needs to mess up. Are planning to have a wedding, uh, most probably out in Europe, and uh, we'll be planning to save that. Oh man, twenty thousand dollars destination wedding. Yeah, destination weddings are so expensive. The issue now is that I'm getting so desensitized to, to the cost of weddings. Like Scott and Rachel, their their forty thousand dollar wedding, which wasn't really forty thousand dollars, but you know it was it was close. To, my reaction at forty thousand was just like, why? So now when you see like half that at twenty thousand, it just doesn't seem as bad. Destination weddings though, so expensive. I get it, she's from Poland, he's from India. I mean, just like, oh, the cost of bringing families over is, you know what, you should just do a Skype wedding. How is that? You cut, you could cut the cost down to like a thousand dollars. Go like Google Hangouts. All the family could get together on their computers anywhere in the world. Do like a Skype, Google Hangouts, whatever. See each other. You know, have it, have a drink behind the computer screen. You know, cheers, guys. Happy wedding. I'm happy for you. You know, and it's easy. That's what they can do instead. Just do like Google Hangouts. Easy. Okay, so this is another part where they put some potentially copyrighted music in the background. I don't know if this was done to deter me from using these clips, but anyway, I'm not going to use the music, just in case. Again, this guy has got his head screwed on straight. I, it, it's just, I, there's nothing for me to react to. I, again, I think they're doing this on purpose so that they will slowly drain me from Millennial Mike. Because what's going to end up happening? I, they know this. Eventually, these episodes are just not going to be as interesting because there's there's nothing for me to react to. And then they're like, <laughs> we won. We beat Graham at his own game because we're not going to give him any good content no more. And that's what's going to slowly end up happening. I'm going to tell you now, I am going to get to the point realistically where if it's just not funny anymore, I'm going to stop because I want to end on a high note. And we're going to move on to something else and we're going to ruin that show too. So that's what's probably going to end up happening here. But let's finish this and let's see what else is he's, he's making dough right now. Let's figure out what this is about. I might be starting a restaurant. Like I'd like to sell dumplings, like a chain of dumpling stores around the US. Maybe that might be exciting. Don't open a restaurant. I will tell you that that is going to bleed you dry. And if you guys want its own dedicated video on this, just let me know. But I actually looked into opening franchises. This was back in like 2013 and 14 when I just wasn't finding any really good like real estate deals. I really wanted to open a franchise and I looked into just about any franchise you, you could possibly look into a lot of frozen yogurts, coffee shops, um, some other like small like restauranty types, like very small chains, like Subways, for instance, like that. They're terrible businesses, like absolutely horrible businesses. Even the ones that you think are like very easy to run, that are absentee owned, where you can hire everything. It's like so bad. The hours that go in, the overhead that goes in, dealing with employees, the time commitment, and the profit is really low on restaurants. Anything involving food, even frozen yogurt. The profit margins on, on a good frozen yogurt place, 10 to 15 percent like if, you, if you're at 20 percent profit it, it is you know decent so the, i think the highest i've seen was like 30 percent but that was owned by someone who like managed it themselves full time and like they have to pay themselves it's it, it's a nightmare an absolute nightmare i'll tell you you're going to be so less stressed out 
working as a pilot than you would, would opening up like a dumpling place. I mean, I even had another friend who went that route and it just turned into such a hassle and just dealing with rent and landlords and just, oh, it's just, it's not worth it. Unless you're really, unless that's your thing, like that's your dream job to, to sell dumplings. I mean, just, but just don't do it. If you're looking at it from the money perspective, it's terrible. So anyway, that's all I have to say about that. And, and like, Guys, let me know what, what your thoughts are about the whole millennial money thing. And I want you to be completely honest with me because it, it's fun reacting to things that are just so over-the-top absurd. And lately, I have not been getting that type of content from millennial money. It just it hasn't been happening. And I don't think this is by you know coincidence. Maybe, it, maybe it's by coincidence and maybe they're going a different direction with the show, which is totally fine. I just, for my own taste, I don't like... Uh, always reacting to things that, that are always just like perfect because there's nothing for me to say. This guy is doing a great job. Really happy for him. And, uh, you know, and, but, but it doesn't bode for great content on my channel. So I just want to make that clear. And that's where my thoughts and intentions are going. And if, if you guys agree with that, let me know. If you don't agree with that, let me know down below too. Because if there is demand for me to react to even the really good episodes, I will just continue on that. Thank you again for watching the Graham Stephan Show. I really appreciate it. If you guys have not already, smashed the like button, subscribe, notification bell, do all that sort of crazy. Oh, add me on Instagram. I post there pretty much daily. So if you want to be a part of it there, feel free to add me there. Thank you again for watching. And until next time.